Welcome to the Weekly Standard Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Graham. With us is Eric Felton, the managing editor of the Weekly Standard and music aficionado extraordinaire. Did I get that right, Eric? Excellent, man. That'll do. You have a great piece uh, in the Weekly Standard about the Beatles' last live concert. Before we talk about the specifics of what was happening 50 years ago, tell me about how much the Beatles loved to go out on the road, show up for concerts, and perform live. They hated it. Well, they, they, they loved it. They hated it. But, you know, somebody once asked uh, John Lennon shortly after they had returned from Stockholm uh, what, he, what he thought of Stockholm right. where they had gone to give a concert in, in 1963. And um, he said it was fine. It was, it was a car, a room, a concert, and a sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> That's about it, sure. you know. So the, this is the glamorous world of the road, and add to it that the band was playing on the road in front of crowds that were going berserk right. and making ten times the the amount of noise that the primitive <laughs> the amplification was. at their disposal allowed the band to produce. And you can imagine it was a perhaps less than satisfying experience for the lads. Uh, and so what is significant about their final concert? First well, of all, we, where was it? We when should, was it, was right, we should note, you know, we just got through, it seems, the, uh, the celebrations of the Beatles' 50-year 50, 50 anniversary of coming to America. Right. It, was, it was just like almost yesterday, it seemed, February of 1970, uh, 1964, 50 years ago, just a little while ago. And, uh, and now here we are, 50 years after the last honest to god concert they gave now we could we could look to the london rooftop concert in in 69 but that was really a kind of a jam session stunt this right. we're talking about actual concerts sure. for which there were tickets and people went and sat in seats and <laughs> waited to hear the beatles come on and do their paltry 30 minute set I mean, can you imagine? A 30 minutes set. 30 minutes set. I mean, Paul McCartney now, he's like 74, 75 yeah. years old, and, and he's doing one nighters, doing nearly every night, nearly three hour shows. But the Beatles in their muscular heyday, <laughs> they did 30 minute set. And they didn't do more than one set. That, that was it. That was what people got for their ticket. They got to hear some, some bands for warming up the, the sure, crowd that, that would have been an embarrassment in an embarrassment museum. I mean, we're <laughs> what are you talking about? Who are some of the fine performers who opened for the Beatles? The, the Circle. Do you remember the Circle? No, I, I spelled I do not. spelled C Y R K L E. That's all I need to know. So a nobody band, and then thirty minutes of the Beatles, and everyone went crazy. Was that? I mean, was thirty minutes kind of the standard? Was that what you expected to see? This was Brian Epstein, the manager of the Beatles. This was his designated amount of time the Beatles should be on stage. Was a thirty-minute mm -hmm. show. I don't know that anybody ever thought to ask whether this was a good idea or <laughs> I, I. You know, I think actually giving the concerts was so unsatisfying and so unsatisfactory. Mm -hmm. That um, that nobody was really in a mood to say, well, we need to do an hour. So who was the, who were the last people who got to see the Beatles do their killer thirty minute set? <laughs> they were at Candlestick Park in San Francisco on the evening of August twenty ninth, nineteen sixty six. Um, set opened with Roll Over Beethoven, ended with Dizzy Miss Lizzie, and they had some of their newer stuff in there as well, mm -hmm. except what's really fascinating is 
by that time, they had already recorded Revolver, which means they had recorded things such as Tomorrow Never Knows, you know, mm-hmm. sort of proto-psychedelic tape loop, sure. or, you know, incredible, incredible creative ferment. They had already produced in um, A Hard Day's Night and helped really revolutionary approaches to music on film. You know, the a lot of people point to those movies as being the things that, that set the template for what would later be the early MTV video style. Right. So it had incredible, incredible creativity on record and on film. But when it came to the live show they were doing... <laughs> It had barely changed since their Cavern Club days in 1962 in Liverpool. Now, imagine it. You you, des- you design a show for a tiny subterranean basement right. club, right? And then all of a sudden, you're out in Shea Stadium on in, in front of 50,000 people. And you've basically got the same, not only the same kind of equipment, right? right but the same stage presentation. <laughs> Didn't anybody think... You know, maybe we ought to dress it up a little bit, a little do bit. something a little, a little something, different. Some curtains, <laughs> drapes, a lamp, something. Every now and then, they, when, when they did their show in '66 in um, Japan, mm-hmm. um, they had a big sign up behind them that said "The Beatles." <laughs> <laughs> so, I, I guess I remember uh, Playtone gave the Wonders a better setup than that. Yeah, I mean, they come did. On. They did. Come on, this is the Beatles. What are they talking about? Right. Isn't that the Oneiders? It was the Oneiders. It the was O-Niters. the Oneiders. Now this, and now that the Wonders is, is I wonder what <laughs> happened to the Oneiders. Uh, for those of you who don't get that reference, I apologize. Google um, that thing you do. Uh, so, was there anything significant at all about that final concert? Like, did they know it was the last? Yeah, did they, they they figured it was the last concert. In fact, um, Paul McCartney had um, Mal the the roadie, and by the way. The Beatles, at the height of their career, doing stadium concerts, had three roadies. <laughs> and one of the roadies was tasked with recording this last performance, mm-hmm. last live performance that they were going to do. They kind of really knew they were sick of it and they were done with it. And so he had a little handheld cassette deck. <laughs> and Paul gave Mal, the roadie, the cassette deck and say and said, you know, record this and and he didn't even get the whole recording because they went slightly over the 30 minutes they were halfway through dizzy miss lizzie uh, and the tape ends and the tape and it's like when my dad would tape albums for me when i was a kid and he wouldn't pay attention and he'd only get like half of it for me i'm like dad this is anything on that tape worth listening to i haven't heard it but it's it's been bootlegged over and over again so uh somebody made a copy somewhere uh, the the big news, however, in in terms of Beatles live performances, is there are two big efforts to sort of make the most of the Beatles live, and one of them is um, George Martin's son Giles Martin, who um, has noted uh, studio engineer in his own right, and has used all sorts of. Um, technological tricks to mm-hmm. rescue some of the less rescuable material from the Beatles. And uh, so they've gone back and they're putting out a, a recording of the Beatles from their various concerts at the Hollywood Bowl in, in 64 and 65. And they've played lots of technical wizardry to um, take out the screaming. Oh. You know, so this is basically like if you had had the band on the tarmac. 
and right behind them was a 747 revving its engines. And right. you had recorded with three microphones that product, right? Then we're talking about technical wizardry of basically trying to strip the jet engine noise That's out amazing. of the recording. One last question for you. Um so what would you learn if you could actually hear that concert? Would you learn that Ringo was, in fact, the mediocre drummer that he was? No, to be? and I would will. You, I will. T- would you learn yeah. how overrated as instrumentalists everyone was, including George Harrison? Would you? Would you? Learn no, that? no. I mean, actually, you wouldn't. Ringo, Ringo, God love him, is the greatest rock and roll drummer of all oh. time. I'm sorry, I have to. I have to stand up for Ringo. I have to stand up for Ringo, who is is. You know, well, you, you obviously can't... define greatest drummer based on something other than ability to play the drums. <laughs> so, you're using some other metric with which I'm unfamiliar. Well, it, it, at least he managed to survive on like Keith Moon, and yeah. yeah. But uh, but no, I, I I give Ringo his props as you can't have the greatest rock and roll band of all time and not be a have the drummer have some merit. Uh, I just I just love Ringo's playing. It's quirky. It's individual. And uh, and and it's it's essential to the sound yeah. of the band. Now, I think what you find when you strip the the stuff out and you get where you can actually hear the band playing mm-hmm. is evidence of what great musicians these guys were. Which is in an environment where there weren't um, monitor speakers, right. the this crazed you know roar of the crowd <laughs> where they could not hear themselves. They actually hung to bre- together pretty well not being able to hear anything it's astonishing right. just you know the triumph of muscle memory i think well i will and, say in, in that environment maybe ringo one beat star is the best drummer because no, no, i pounds away on the downbeat you can keep track of that i'm, I'm not going to take any of this ringo bashing uh, well no ringo more. bashing well uh there'll be no eric felton bashing a great piece of the weekly standard check it out at weeklystandard.com also check check out eric felton's podcast the confab at podcastone.com. You can hear it every week and you can subscribe to it and to this podcast. And we even talk about iTunes. the Beatles every now and, and then. And they talk about the Beatles every now and then. Podcast One also where you'll find the brand new Crystal Clear podcast every Friday. And you can subscribe to that on iTunes as well via Podcast One. I'm your host, Michael Graham.